Hi, and welcome to the Gorilla Craft podcast, where we will be examining the state of craftivism throughout the world, talking to crafters, stitchers, knitters, quilters, in short, makers with an idea of using their craft to make a change and letting their opinions show through their yarns. I am Frida Arnqvist Engström. I am a journalist calling from Stockholm, Sweden. The common thread in this podcast is to talk to crafters who want to make a difference within themselves and in the crafted community. Now let's go talk to some guerrilla crafters out there. craft I think allows you to expand what your notions are and and to try and to experiment and that's really great especially when you're trying to share your voice because you may not know what it sounds like right like is your voice loud or quiet or fast or slow or do you want it to be just noise like what do you want it to be and I think that craft allows us to try on a lot of different hats. My first guest is Betsy Greer. She has been described as the godmother of craftivism and is the one responsible for us talking about the term today. Craft and activism were put together in the term craftivism in 2003 and Betsy Greer was the one popularizing the term. She is still a strong voice on the craft scene, writing and giving talks on the subject as well as being a craftivist herself. Betsy and I met in Rotterdam 2012 when I was doing research for my book Gorilla Crafts where she participated. At the beginning of this year we met again in Washington DC and here is a conversation we had at the House of Sweden where we both were invited to participate in a talk together with the network the Gorilla Crafts Festival. We covered the state of craftivism today, we talked about the craft scene and also about Betsy's own project called You Are So Very Beautiful, where she is collecting stitched affirmations and putting them up in public spaces for people to find. The Gorilla Craft Festival's project Voices of Yarn made people join in with a pom-pom to create a collective carpet and an answer to the question, what is important to you? Now, here is Betsy Greer. Hi, Betsy. How are you? I'm good. It's funny to see you on this side of the ocean since the last time it was in Rotterdam in the Netherlands, and now we're in D.C. Back then, we talked about craftivism because that's basically all we talk about. So (laughs) I was thinking uh, that we would do that today as well because it's been quite a few years and a lot has happened. So uh, I would like to to start by asking you, how would you describe the state of craftivism today? Well, I think that there are people that have been doing some wonderful work, like Sarah Corbett of the Craftivist Collective did some amazing TED Talks on um, on kind of how she's interpreted craftivism. And that's been, that's I think, that almost like a million views or whatever. So like stuff like that has been very good for um for getting the word out at large and then there's also been people like Sarah Fimlothian that wrote a book in uh, Australia about craftivism there've been people that have been do- that um you have like the social justice sewing academy that are doing these amazing with Sarah Trail that they're doing these amazing panels with youth and social justice and um and she has a whole curriculum to help teachers so i think that now 
that craft has kind of had, you know, it comes, it goes in waves in popularity. And now that it's been kind of popular for people under a certain age, where unfortunately there was a stereotype that it was only for certain people that were over a certain age, even though I'm close, closely getting to that certain age now. <laughs> um, but, um, but so it's kind of entered back into the cultural consciousness in the U S at least. And it's been great to see how people have taken the idea of using craft and activism together and made it their own. Would you say that um, the craftivist movement or the craftists themselves have been braver or is it the political climate that had changed during the years? I don't know about braver, but I think it's been people have been like so many crappy things have happened in American politics where people have felt scared um, for themselves, for loved ones, for the future, for their kids. And so a lot of people have been using craft as a vehicle to let that be heard because with craft, you have that amazing kind of thing where you can sit and do something by yourself and then put it out in public or you can sit in it with other people or craft or whatever. And so it's a both a It, it's you know a public thing and a private thing, and you can do something. And so people are kind of saying that craft allows you for a time of reflection, no matter whether if you're by yourself or with other people. And I think that's been important, especially as the rise of technology keeps us so distracted. Mm -hmm. So with craft, you you have a minute to sit down with your own thoughts, which is really important. Are you active in doing stuff yourself today? So I did have a project called You Were So Very Beautiful. And then I did that for a few a few years. And then I took some time kind of out to work on uh, trauma therapy for things that happened in my own history with assault. And and then and I and then you're kind of like, okay, now I don't really have a project or whatever. And but I realized that over, you know taking time to really properly deal with things that happened 20 years ago mm. was really important. And then I realized that I never would have been able to deal with those kinds of things if I hadn't have found craft when I did, because it allowed me to see how people used craft to get through some very terrible things and to see that I'm a, a part of a line of strength in craft. And, and so that has been really good to be reading about what people are doing and to be reading about how people got through, you know, like the deaths of their loved ones by, you know, that, um, and like Argentina when their people were disappearing and then you get people dealing with, um, with the Apilaristas and then you have people dealing with war and genocide and assault with the common threads organization. And, and then you have, um, the monument quilt, which is amazing. And it's um, also dealing with assault and you have all these projects and that was the common thread, all thread through, um, through helping me deal with all these things and feeling less alone in that. And so some of the things, projects that I've been working on, I've been kind of putting it off, but I want to do a piece that's basically, I made a list of all the reasons why I didn't report my assault when, and I want to stitch that. Um, and share that because it was like 30 reasons and I was like I made the list and was like oh that is a long list mm -hmm. but I feel like 
talking about that kind of stuff through stitch is important. Mm. And I think a lot of times we silence ourselves and feel small. And through stitching, it's a way we can speak out loud without really speaking. Yeah, and I think also the affirmation project that you've done is also um, is such a good one to be able to t- start talking about different um, uh, the diversity of, of of subjects that craftivism can be part of because it's not only about uh, the the uh, politics in society it could also be in in relationships and and how we're treating each other in a community and I think we can tell a lot of different things with our craft and that's I think that's important that we have different ways of showing that too yeah I think that um the affirmation affirmation project is something that I do want to get back to because I think that um stitching about like affirmations and and what's amazing what I did when I um was doing that project and put together a bunch of the pieces for the Fuller Craft Museum show where they were there as part of a show that Faith Levine curated and um I was standing in front of maybe it was like 50 affirmations that we had hung up and I was just dorkily looking at my own piece being really happy for myself like it's in a museum this is exciting and then someone next to me turned to me and said wow the energy of this is really good and I'm embarrassed to say that I didn't know what to say because I mean I mean, do I like cheerily be like, oh, yes, this is an amazing piece. This is awesome. And then I also got an email via LinkedIn of all places from a coworker, a male coworker that I'd worked with years before that had also seen the piece that echoed the same sentiment. And so I think it's interesting once you put pieces out in the world and they have different different points of focus, how people feel about them and what what energy they resonate. Like they like tiny pricks. Um, is now she has, you know, I don't know, hundreds of pieces and how that resonated and gave people agency through making things. Mm. And then, um, and then when people are making affirmations, they were like, wow, this felt really good Mm. internally to me. And then externally when people found them, they were like, oh, this is great. And, and so I think it's for me with the background in social science, all of that is fascinating. Like, the process that you go through while making and while coming up with the idea and talking about it with friends and then the process of it being public because you kind of let go of what it is. How would you describe your role in this community at the moment? Oh, um, I am in a lucky position to have written about it a a while ago and that people find me and want to talk about it. And sometimes... That's reporters, sometimes that's students and high school students from halfway around the world. And and so that's fun. So it's a fun, cool project that I, I get to do. And I feel lucky for that. And, you know, I have a full-time job doing other things. and um, But I get to have this great project where I get to give talks and write things. And that's been really nice. In Sweden, we are currently working a lot together uh, in projects on co-creating things. Mm-hmm. That's one of the reasons why we're here in Washington with the Gorilla Craft Festival. 
Um, we're using various uh, techniques, and I was just curious: what what are your thoughts on the co-creation work of of craftivism on the angle of of that? I think it can be really great because you, especially when you get people's um, kind of opinions, like you are at the Voices of Erin project, and you're like. Because you, it opens them up to thinking about new ideas. It opens you up to hearing new ideas about what your work is doing. Because sometimes we create work with one intention, and then we don't always see the impact of of what it's doing. You know, right? Because you have an idea, and you kind of set it free, and you're like, "This is what this project is going to do," and then it does something totally else. It's totally different. And then how does that change mm. over time? And so then it becomes kind of a discussion of you and your work versus the people that you're doing it with. And the idea, then you give them ideas to do new projects and so it kind of builds. Um, and then sometimes that's a really small way and that like one person goes home and pulls out their yarn mm. and that's great. Or sometimes it's a bigger way or sometimes it, they go home and they ask their relatives about their experiences and their friends. And so I think that the co-creation part is really fun, um, especially if you get people to share their ideas. And I think it becomes, is really great. But I think also if you're starting out, you kind of have to, um, I think sometimes people are like, I'm going to do this and I'm going to change the world. Mm -hmm. And you're like, great. But you have to think about what that means to you. And for me, I had to scale back of being like, that what does that actually mean? And people say a lot of times, well, if I change one person's mind, that's great. But in a world of everything going viral, I think sometimes people feel like that's not enough. Mm. And that is really important if you think about people in your own lives that were that changed the way that you think about things. And, you know, maybe it was just a, a word of encouragement that someone said or a new skill someone introduced you to. And I think that if you're going to co-create, you need to get back to the idea that it doesn't have to be like quote world changing mm -hmm. in order to have um, a change in order to make a change in other people. And I think I see people being like, Oh, my project doesn't have enough likes or whatever. And I'm like, but yeah, but who is it engaging and who is, um, who is being affected by it? Mm -hmm. I think my experience with the Gorilla Craft Festival is that, I mean, we're working from a quite uh, democratic country, Sweden. So yeah. it's, uh, we're fairly into equality uh, and uh, democratic uh, means. But I'm, I'm surprised every time the co-creation works that we do that I, the witnesses I get or the voices I hear is the crafters are so surprised that this is a way oh I, I never get my voice heard this is this is amazing how can I imagine that I can be a part of this and it, it fills me with with both sadness and, and joy in a way because because how to achieve more uh, letting people know that they they can be part of something bigger and and letting their voice get heard are you your thoughts on that yeah, I think that I think that people silence themselves all the time um Some people may silence themselves because they had a, a parental figure or a guardian tell them that they weren't good enough or they weren't lovable or whatever. So then they grow up playing kind of small in things and and they feel like their voice isn't important. Other people may be a part of a certain group that in a certain country isn't seen as worthy of certain things as other people. So they may be silenced from that way. And I think that, um, or some people may just, 
internally be embarrassed to share their vulnerable kind of feelings. So I think that we all silence ourselves in so many different ways for so many, and then for so many different reasons that when it's just you and you're just allowed to explore again, and I think the craft part is really an element is really important because I think that if it was art, that is sometimes can be conceptually harder because art is seen uh, is more elevated they have and 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 like perfect whereas craft it's like you can be terrible and i always use the example of with craft if you make a teapot and it's a terrible teapot and ugly that doesn't matter all that it matters is that it pours tea and i like that utilitarian part of craft of where you can make something like someone can make a scarf with like a ton of accidental holes in it and like whatever but like if, if you still can bundle up in it and keep warm that's great and and so I think it allows for more mistakes and it allows for a more imperfect version mm. of things to come forward and I think that that's good craft I think allows you to expand what your notions are and, and to try and to experiment and that's really great, especially when you're trying to share your voice because you may not know what it sounds like, right? Like, is your voice loud or quiet or fast or slow? Or do you want it to learn a new language? Do you want it to be just noise? Like, what do you want it to be? And I think that craft allows us to try on a lot of different hats because in different forms with textiles, you know, there's so many different types of embroidery and knitting and crochet and weaving and all sorts of things and then you have pottery and you have whatever and um, paper and all sorts of things but I think that it allows us to explore which is great well put <laughs> but um, I was uh, thinking because of the, the world is changing as well and we and, and the, the craft movement and, and everything are we heading towards something that wasn't visible when you started 2003 well I it's funny because when I started talking about it, I was like, at first for like the first like six months, it was only people I knew. Like someone would be like, oh, I heard someone talking about craftivism. And then you could kind of tie it back to me, which was cool. But, you know, more than I ever thought it would be. I thought it would just me, be me and like my knitting group. And again, it's I mean, it's only because I put an idea that I was curious about out into the world and it came at a really good time because the internet was becoming more popular and people were really curious and you had craft because that was people had in many ways learned in school or learned through parents and there's no universal way to knit or to embroider so they've all learned different ways and they're sharing them and their different cultural histories so that kind of took off in a lot of different fun ways that was also kind of in a way by design, not that I expected it to grow in the way that it did, but I loved the idea, the kind of punk rock DIY idea of saying, I have this notion and I want to share it with you. And I'm not doing this for money. I'm not doing this for a job. I just want to give you this idea and I want you to, to say, hey, you can make it your own and see what happens. And so I left it open for curiosity. I never wanted to be prescriptive and to say this is what you should do because that takes the curious but the unknown part about it and what keeps me excited about things. Because with that unknown part, that means you can go through history and see what unknown things you don't know about. So 
I all I did was just kind of light the match and be like, hey, there's an idea. And then it was other people like yourself, like everyone that that took it. And that's been really great. And uh, and I mean, at first I was like, really? You like my idea? <laughs> Even though it's not a new idea. It's something that's been around for hundreds of years. But um, but there wasn't as I think it was Sarah Finlithian that said that, like, there wasn't an umbrella term. There wasn't, you know, it was like, oh, activist embroidery, activist knitting. There wasn't anything that could get everything under one under one hashtag or one, you know what I mean? So that way, if somebody was interested in crafts and activism together, they could look up craftivism and see all sorts of examples, yeah. um, which helped to build a community. Yeah. That. yeah, and I think that's so important because we <clears throat> we need the package of some, uh, we need to update the package, even though the techniques or the, the craft itself is, as you say, uh, ancient and, and, and traditionally old, but we need to, to be able to see them uh, as used for ourselves. We need also a new package or, or um, being able to talk about them in, in a new way. And I think that's exactly what your work has been, that's why it's been so important. Thank you. <laughs> Are you worried or do you see any dangers or, or challenges for the craft or craftivist movement? I think there's always a danger, especially now with things, a lot of countries becoming more nationalistic. That's a danger. Um, but I think as long as people are sharing their voices and then, I mean, my hope is that good will always prevail. I like to think that. Um and and I believe that, but as you get older, you realize that you have to put some work forward <laughs> into that, whether that's, you know, being a good person and doing the right thing and making things and talking about it. And for some people, that means just in their life, like, you know, if doing things like if they find a wallet with money in it and like returning it to the owner or whatever, for other people, that's going to a huge march and speaking on a stage for other people that's doing yarn bombing. Like it's, we all, there are things that we all can do. And I think sometimes it's easy to get disheartened, but I, about, you know, it not being a big enough thing. But I think that if we all do the correct, you know, kind of thing and follow like being nice and kind and true to ourselves and helping other people and trying to create a world that is fairer for more people, that is a good direction to point in. And, and yeah, I think that there's always danger of everything, especially if something coming into like a larger consciousness of people doing things that you're not, you know, not agreeing with. But that's kind of what happens when you put something out into the world. You just cross your fingers and go, oh, I hope this is, this stays, this stays good. What's been really great is to see how something like a pom-pom has been giving agency to people of of different ages. And I think that's kind of, that's that match, that kind of whole lighting a match kind of thing of being like, here's this idea. It's anyone can do it. And allowing them to see how easy it is to make things. Because sometimes we have a, a barrier to doing something new or looking stupid or whatever. And maybe you're like, I want to knit the sweater, but that seems too big. But you can make a pom-pom and you can talk about what is important to you and and you're asking that question, and that's important to you. Uh, I would like to finish up by asking, what's important to you? What's important to me? What's important to me is that 
everyone finds their voice. And I say that because I silenced my own voice for a really long time. And and you think you're like going about your everyday life thinking you're sharing your voice. And then it when I found knitting, I in oh gosh, no, it was two thousand. I was twenty-five and I'm forty-four now. I I started to come back to myself because I was making and that kind of started on this long road of being like what is my voice? What do I hope for? And, and, and I think that's, that's a common theme for people as they get older, but my hope, what's important to me is that people take time to hear their own voice and to celebrate it for the joy and the love and the kindness that it can bring and the internal sense of peace. So that's the important thing for me and, and why I look at craft as a lens to, to find that sense of peace within myself and to help others find it too. Thank you very much. Thank, <laughs> Thank you, Betsy. You. Thank you. Wait, is it talk? Is it talk? Yeah. Is that the Swedish? Okay. Yeah. Talk. Talk. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this first episode of the Gorilla Crafts podcast. I hope you have enjoyed it. Be sure to follow Betsy in social media. She's mainly active at the Instagram account Craftivista. And for more updates on the term, visit the page craftivism.com. If you would like to get in contact with me, go to the Gorilla Crafts podcast at Instagram and send me a message there. And that is also where the projects and persons mentioned in this episode will be listed. Now, my hope is to start a digital journey around the world exploring the craft that is visible in public, often used as protest or a way of communicating, or sometimes only as being there to create a smile. I hope you will join me on this journey. More episodes to come. Stay tuned.